0: Let me ask Tim Kelly this question: As Cody said, you know she grew up listening to this program. Did you listen to me when you were growing up? Absolutely. <laughs> you lie. I wouldn't say no.
1: I'm not lying. I'd not. I wouldn't say. I mean, growing up is a bit of a stretch. I, mean, I moved back here from New York in uh, what 1989, early 90s. You know, when Styles was here, and I don't know when you came on, but no i've listened to this thing yeah i've listened to this thing for a long 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 time well you know jim i wasn't a kid but i was a young adult
2: i thought it was funny when cody said who would have thought that 20 years later i'd be a guest on the show who would have thought jim would still be alive that
0: was that was going to be absolutely my comment but but she got on a roll so i didn't want to cool (laughs) but it's accurate well fair
1: enough you know
2: Uh, 267-1023 is the telephone line. Call us, text us if you have any questions, comments, concerns for the mayor of the city of Chattanooga. Tim Kelly is his name, and he's our guest in the studio for the 9 o'clock hour. uh, Mr. Mayor, I have a whole list of Uh, issues I want to get to, the big stuff. But, of course, we've uh, we've already been getting messages from folks uh, asking us, where is the mayor going to be next with his pail of tar? Uh, filling in those potholes. Can can you can you reveal? Well, the next item on the list. <laughs> Let me just say that, like,
1: job one is to get your team in place. And to be fair, um, I, I get asked all the time, "What's the most surprising thing about the job?" What's the, you know? What are the most ch- you know? And it's taken for a number of reasons, which we could spend the next hour talking about, but bore people to tears. A long time to get the team in place in terms of the directors. We have a new director of public works starting next week or the week after. There are a lot of things that we have kind of pushed out. Um, you know, it, big changes. We want to wait until a leader gets in place before we go. But we do have a pothole czar now. Who, who <laughs> A runs. pothole czar.
2: Yeah, you know, Ooh.
1: somebody who, when a request comes in through 311, flags it, prioritizes it, evaluates it, et cetera. Um, and, and so, you know, we we've still... Uh, it's it's still my pet peeve, and you know when I you know, Central Avenue got torn up for some for some uh, uh, water water company tore it up to do some mm-hmm. work the other day, and I was like, look, we didn't campaign on this to go tearing things up and not fix them back again, so it remains a priority. But that being said, Rome was not rebuilt in a day, so mm-hmm. I still do get like, what about this pothole? Sure. You know, you promised to fix this pothole here. It's a big old city, and it was you know again, this particular area of road infrastructure was neglected for a long, long time. Okay. Uh, and so it takes a while to, to dig back out of that hole. My question, no this is
0: almost obligatory, yeah. but in the day after MLK Day, mm-hmm. how do you look, as, as the leader of this city, how do you look at race relations, good, bad, getting better, getting worse, we have work to do? Yeah. And and second part of the question is, what can you do aside from... I always tell people, here's, here's what I do. I treat everyone with respect. They've got my respect yep. until they lose my respect. Right. So I start out there. That's, but other than other than being a leader by example, mm-hmm. is there anything hands-on or policy-wise that can be done? And maybe it's – I've read a lot of stuff uh, recently about hiring of coaches, more and more African-American yeah. coaches, especially the world of basketball, sure. which, is, which is a good thing, or, the, or the, the Rooney rule in the NFL. More people getting opportunities can you just hire and and is that a slippery slope where i want to hire minorities i want to hire yep. the best person blah yeah. blah blah you have to some some sometimes there's some some give and take there i'll put there, it there way.
1: absolutely is it's a good way to put it i am a big fan of the Rooney rule i think most white people uh, the best thing they can do is understand that like this is not a political thing this is not a conspiracy it's not some kind of a naked power grab if you look at history and the fact that uh, black people in Chattanooga and across the country were historically and literally disenfranchised for, you know, hundreds of years, if not decades. You know, we need to try a little harder to kind of see things through their eyes, understand what, you know, what they've been through, their frustrations and challenges, because this is our boat. We're all in this boat, Chattanooga, together. So, again, all I'm trying to do is get people to come together, you know, see it from each other's side. And when you do that, I'm, I'm uh, I, you know, to answer the first part of the question, I think race relations here are actually pretty good in getting better, because I think uh there're some cities where man it's just gotten completely out of control the level of mistrust and hatred from one side to the other is just, it's hard to put that genie back in the bottle. I think we're in a we're in a good spot and and it will get better uh back to the hiring piece, you know, look we've got that we kind of use that Rooney rule at the city. I mean, we have very specific goals. Now, I'm not I'm not a quota guy. I'm not going to mm-hmm. hire people just because they look a certain way. But provided that they meet a bar for for qualification, I mean, they have to be qualified, right? And so, uh, as I've said, I've explained to a lot of the leaders in the black community here. A lot of our problem here in the last uh, with our last string of appointments, which were all white men, was that the whole country has woken up to this kind of equity lens, and so it's just a labor market thing. Everybody's going after the same talented black professionals. We don't pay, you know, we can't compete with the private sector. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's tough, but it, it remains a goal. Uh, but, it, but you described the dynamic tension well, right? Yeah, I have a fiduciary duty to the citizens of tax, the taxpayers of Chattanooga to hire the best possible people.
0: Now, you can do that and meet, and meet diversity goals. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my thing, but, but it's tougher for sure. I think a lot of times we think things are good, and then something like George Lloyd comes out, we understand Floyd, not yeah. as, especially as white guys. Yeah. Not as good as we thought. No, that's right. I mentioned this on the air the other day, and I mentioned this to Mox basketball coach, Lamont Paris, who is an African-American. Yeah. So coming back from Western Carolina, I get a speeding warning, and I was going fast. Yep. I was going upper 80s, and I got a warning. And he said, and I'm reading between the lines a little bit, and yep. we didn't get into the weeds out of it because we were doing a basketball show. He goes, I've never gotten a warning. Right. I led that to believe is if it was him going 85-plus, he would have gotten a ticket. And maybe my white privilege in that point was they gave me just a warning. That's right. That, that's what I read between the lines, and I don't know if he meant that or not, but I have a hunch he did. Yeah, I hate the term white privilege
1: because it's to, so misleading. I understand. But it's, it's almost like a blindness, right? You don't see what they see. You know, I have a lot of uh, uh, yeah, one of those. There's uh, some truth in it. Well, yeah, just ask one of those players, you know, last time when they got pulled over, you know, how they were treated, and and you'll find out that it's a thing. Now, I mean, again, the thing is getting much better much, much better. I mean, I'm proud of our Chattanooga police department has done a lot of work in this area. Um, and, and is, you know, and, and, again, the new chief, I guess we can talk about that, but that'll certainly be, um, a, um, a you know, a requirement of somebody that at least understands this, this general principle and, and has an eye in this regard. Now, does that mean letting people get away with crime? Hell no, of course not. But it, it does mean, you know, understanding the historical dynamic and the fact that, you know, part of the job, part of our job, part of my job is just is bringing people together. And again, it's a southern city with a history of you know slavery and racism. I mean, it's he, no not arguable. So the question is, how do we just finally stamp out the last embers of that flame mm-hmm. and and move forward?
0: Yeah. Don't don't forget. MLK mentioned Lookout Mountain.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, spoke in Chattanooga <laughs> a lot. Yeah. You know, he spoke no. at the James A. Henry. Y. Gave a fairly. uh uh, a fairly famous speech there, so yes.
0: And went him. to swan Didn't he go to Suwanee a
1: lot? I think he was a, a guest lecturer or yeah. something up there. Yeah, two six seven one zero two
2: three is our telephone line. The guest, Chatted to Mayor Tim Kelly. Michael is on line one. Michael,
1: welcome.
3: Good morning, thank you, Mayor. Uh, well, it's not pothole talk today, is it? <laughs> well, it, maybe What's, it can
1: uh, be. If you, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. well, I, I want to make a st- I want to ask a question and then make a statement and then I'll listen to not take up the airways. So one of our city council members is talking about getting back into into the school business. So my statement is that's a $420 million budget. Does Chattanooga have $210 million to sit down at that table and have a conversation? And then my other part of it is we don't pay the money that we said we would. It's not your administration years ago. We decided, well, we don't have to pay it, so we're not going to pay it. We don't want a seat at the table, right? So the city—I don't—I think we need to improve on what we have before we jump back into the school business. Like that's like—we like got a lot of work to do where we're at. I don't know why we would add to that to to, the, to our ongoing growth stuff that we already have going. And and those are my comments. Sure. Thank you so much. Yeah,
1: that's a great point. And listen, I I think, uh, I think you're right. Well, let me say this. I, I And the reason that it makes sense, I think you're talking about Councilwoman Coonrod's comments. I mean, there really isn't anything more important, I'm thoroughly convinced, to the long-term well-being of this community than a high-quality education system. So that's where the sentiment is coming from. But I believe, you know, it's a bit of a poker game always with politics. And, and so, you know, the threat of getting back into the school system is probably, you know, worth something over and above. You know, doing it would be uh, another matter entirely, right? That you, As you say... It would be a hell of an undertaking, and it's not something that uh, it would it would it would be all consuming, and it's not something that uh, that I look forward to, to ever having to do. Provided that, um, you know, the Hamilton County School Board does its job and properly manages and fund funds schools, and they're doing a great job. And the city can do other things. I mean, our our Community Forward Schools Initiative took a million dollars of the budget, not two hundred million, and put it towards one particular area of making the school system better. Because to me, the the schools that are in the city are city schools, so they're not mutually exclusive. We don't have to, you know, start a shooting war and and sort of, you know, get back with both feet back in the school system to make the to help make the school system better.
2: Our guest here is Chattanooga Mayor Tim Kelly, and uh, again, Mr. Mayor, we have so many issues to get to here, but at the very top of the list, I know, obviously. Uh, you know, with uh, with the Omicron variant spreading uh, rapidly across the country yeah. and, and COVID-19 cases uh, ballooning all over the place, uh, obviously this is a concern of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only so much you can do, I think, from your position as the mayor, but uh, from a public health perspective, from the position of your office, uh, how do you see that affecting small businesses?
1: How do you yeah. see it affecting the community? Uh, what do we do moving forward? Well, I mean, again, I'm reminded of that old Churchill quote, when you're going through hell, keep going. You know, it's, uh, the, the I mean, again, I think I'm a glass-half-full type of person. I'm glad it's a uh, relatively mild variant. Uh, I think we still have to take, you know, reasonable precautions, and we know that vaccinations work and that they result in a much milder form of the illness. So, I you know, again, our our vaccination rate is not where it should be. All that said, uh, you know, look, I I was listening to the, Dr. Fauci on the Sunday uh, news circuit. And, and uh, you know, maybe this is how we get to herd immunity. I, I do think it's going to get most people. If you haven't had Omicron, you're probably going to get it. That's just the reality of the situation because it's that much more contagious, but it doesn't get down in your lungs and so on. I'm not a doctor, so uh, don't want to dispense medical advice, and nobody should be out there trying to get it. That said, I, you know, we, we get this biobot data uh, that shows w- uh, viral particles in wastewater. We had an incredibly high number. Uh, gosh, last Friday, I want to say. I mean, it was double the next highest number. So uh, that I think was probably the peak. And I'm, you know, knock on wood. I'm hoping we're back down the other side of it and and back to another form of normalcy soon. Now, we, of course, we. We can't, uh, you know, you've probably heard it's, I do think it's going to become an endemic, like like the flu, and it's just something we'll manage going forward. Well, I,
2: I think one of the other factors that we sometimes overlook, you know, people will try to minimize COVID and say, well, oh, look, this is not a deadly strain of the virus. We'll get through this just like we did anything else. As a business owner, and I'm a small business owner, yeah. too, the, the biggest warnings I heard about this variant was not necessarily, okay, the hospitalizations and deaths, because it's been proven to be a, a somewhat milder strain, but just the sheer amount of people in the workforce who will be calling in sick. I that's remember it. I was yeah. reading tweets from one economist who was saying the biggest shock to Americans is just going to be through January and February. How much of the workforce
1: well, is going exactly. to be home sick? And then, and if they're if homesick and they can't generate revenue, you know, business doesn't operate. It doesn't operate, and some businesses will go out of business. I mean, there is another pushback in Congress, and we could talk about my trip to D.C. But to look at yet another wave of stimulus because it's going to hurt uh, businesses. If you can't, you know, open, you can't generate revenue. People, it's not like anybody's really killing it out there in the small business world uh, at this point, anyway. So yes, it is. It is very concerning. Now, again. Whatever you think about um, you know the state's position, there's not much Mayor Coppinger can do regarding mass mandates or anything else at this point. So we just have to rely on people to, to do the right thing, use their best judgment, and gut it out.
2: Mr. Mayor, one of the issues we've been discussing a lot on the program lately, and it's, it's, it's been an ongoing discussion with a lot of folks in Chattanooga and across the nation, is homelessness. Yeah. Texter here saying I have questions for the mayor number 1 what can be done about all the homeless camps that are underneath just about every overpass in Chattanooga especially some of the well traveled roads Chattanooga starting to look trashy because of these camps now
1: you're aware of it oh yeah and it's <laughs> and it is and it is a nationwide problem i'm headed up to dc for the us conference of mayors meeting and expect to spend a lot of time in seminars around this. But And, and look, if, if, of any one single issue, I'd say we're spending most of our time on that one. Uh, here's what you can't do. You can't wind, uh, you know, round them up and put them on train cars. Uh, that you can't do. So, you know, look, this is a difficult problem. We didn't get here overnight. We won't get out of it overnight. But we are looking at first an organized campground. We're looking at, We we have bought a motel for permanent supportive housing. Uh, and we're looking at, at reforms in the, and you know the huge part of this is the mental health ecosystem, which yeah. is not functional here. Uh, the hospitals and the, and the service providers don't particularly talk, uh, work well with each other. So a lot of people fall between the cracks. We, we have got to, you know, we got a lot of work to do, but, uh, we, we are doing it and, and, you know, you, you won't see it really starting to bear fruit probably for another Three months or so, but uh, and then part of this is is public works just realizing hey we've got a you know we we can't have a uh a, a, got a, a really angry phone call from a from a guy who said you know uh the homeless population is littering up my my um my my street and then uh, you know codes and ordinance comes behind and so writes me a ticket for uh, for littering on the street and that that can't happen right so. We're we're it's it's a big job, but we are uh, we're getting it together and you'll start to see some big moves soon to to address issue.
0: But there is the out of sight, out of mind. And when I see that 10th city on 11th Street, I've passed it
1: every single day. I, I live in Fort Wood. I drive down you know to eleventh to city hall, so i mean i'm i it is and i don't try to avoid it because i I it's, like to be reminded of it you know it's one of those issues and you know this goes without saying, but Jim and i
2: we talk about it on this show all the time that, that there is no easy solution no. to homelessness, even if you can address the physical problem all right, we built more shelters right. we we've, we've got more rooms, we have more low income housing right. then you factor in the mental health issue it's a major which issue yeah. are these they
0: go hand in hand. Are people, I don't think
2: are, are, are these folks going to be able to stay in jobs, yeah. pay the rent, stay in that housing? It, it, just so many factors that go into this. So many
1: factors. But, you, you know, look, there's no problem that can't be addressed with a, a good uh, plan. And, uh, you know, and, and, and we're working on it. I, uh, I know that sounds like tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, but uh, it starts with we're working with we've got great partners in the state commissioner williams and you know we have a state department of mental health and addiction both of which are squarely in this area we are close to standing up our alternate uh, response unit at the police department which will spend if you look at where that's happening in other cities you know eighty percent of their calls are with the homeless population right can you now please, can you please everyone and some well no you can't but but someone's going to be po'd i'll tell you that right now right now if if a if you call an officer and say there's a homeless person out here, even if they are in fact breaking the law, let's say it's they're just peeing in public, you know, something mm. indecent exposure, something minor but, but still technically a crime, you got two choices. Take the guy of the hospital or take him to jail. Right. right? Neither of which is, is good. Economically it's not you know, and if you it's just not practical. So we've gotta have some interim step or solution. That isn't jail and isn't a hospital where we can deal with this. And other cities are, are have made some progress in this area, and we will too.
2: Did you just say, or did I mishear you? Eighty percent of calls to police, eighty percent of calls
1: texting? in in other cities, you know, um, uh, you know, Bend, Oregon, famously, sort of stood up the alternative response model first. They've been in and out there for thirty years, mm-hmm. and eighty percent of the of the mental health calls okay. where they have alternative response, right. are to the homeless population. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I mean, look, it is a a mental health problem as much as anything, for sure. To the point
2: where there's no easy solutions. We got a text here from somebody saying, well, if we buy hotels for the homeless, don't we think the word will just get out? And they all start heading to Chattanooga. Hey, it's great in Chattanooga. They're giving away free hotel rooms. Yeah, (laughs) and and that's,
1: we don't, it won't be, you know, I mean, you're talking about 65 rooms and of, of permanent supportive housing. And social workers, in, you know, will be vetting those people obviously for appropriateness. And and uh, again, I've got a, a strong local bias, so I don't think you know you hear this occasionally. Oh, they're sending buses of people up here from elsewhere. We we hear that constantly, and we've constantly got our ear to the ground. But I I, I do not believe that's happening. And and uh, you know, but we we got to take care of our own first. At but the same I'll, time, I'm I am certainly aware that we don't want to create an, an attractive. Uh, you know, nuisance to where it becomes, uh, you know, Portland or a place where people are coming here because they know it's friendly to the homeless, but that's, you know, uh, I I think we're a long way from being that.
0: That's the yin and yang, though. Right. And I mean, homeless people do talk. Here's what I know, just from being around the community kitchen and volunteering there, that, you know, I used to talk to people from Atlanta all the time, and they just said Chattanooga was, was just better than being in atlanta certainly nicer i mean
1: people are are nicer and and more civil that much is true um uh, you know so it, it's it's tough and that that may in fact uh that may be a factor but We've got to have a systemic plan to address it, and we don't really have that yet, but we're working on it.
0: Yeah, the better job you do, the more attractive you get. Do you want to be that attractive? Yeah, that's the, you know, that's the catch-22 in the whole thing, yeah. I think. Yeah, no, you're right. But the, the mental health part, I think, is, is, is number one. There's no question Not that it. you'll solve that problem, but uh, like when I was down there, people not on their meds that couldn't get their meds or whatever it was, yeah. that was a huge problem. and oh. I, that, that, in my opinion, can be solved in some way shape or form. Well, so
1: years ago, you know, we would just institutionalize. These absolutely. Folks. And now, you know, but we so send Johnson them out the door with a room, bottle yeah. of pills and say, well, you know, and they don't stay on their medication and then, you know, off off you go. So, but that's not an excuse, right? It's just an explanation. It, even still, uh, there there are models where you can, you know, uh, stay in touch with those folks. That's where the the supportive housing piece is promising. Uh, think of it like a, a dormitory with a, with a proctor you mm-hmm. know, who's kind of keeping an eye on folks and making sure that they keep it between the ditches. Uh, we know that model works and uh, that's one of the angles we're looking at.
2: Our guest here, Chattanooga mayor, Tim Kelly. Uh, Mr. Mayor, let's talk about city administration, the ongoing search for, uh, our next police chief. Yes.
1: Where are we? We're getting there. Um, perf is, uh, the applications have closed. I had a phone call yesterday to discuss, uh, some of the applicants. And so, uh, uh, I, I'm very, very, very encouraged at the, at the quality uh, of the folks who have applied. So, I see uh, here that uh, you are casting a wide
2: net. Yes. I've been told 39 impressive candidates, 4 local, 18 other states
1: represented total. That's exactly right. From, from, uh, I mean, uh, I can just tell you that I was blown away by the quality um, and the experience of the, of, the, of the breadth of the applicant. So I'm, I'm very, very hopeful uh, that we'll have a fantastic chief in place by the end of February.
2: What kind of attributes? What kind of issues specifically are you looking at? I mean, is you know, is there a handful, two or three issues and, and attributes that you're really looking at in that next chief? Like and, and I was going to
0: ask, mm-hmm. does
1: hometown figure into that? Well, of course. I mean, because it's it's a learning curve issue, right? You, you that anybody that's already here is going to have a big head start. On the other hand, you know, uh, sometimes it's no different than uh, in your world, Jim, a, a football coach, right? If you you know, people camps develop inside an organization, and if you, you know, if so, there's there's cases for and against there. Uh, you know, again, we're looking for the best candidate overall with the most experience, but you know, um, uh, th- I'd say in terms of the, the first has to be a, a demonstrated record of reducing crime, right? That that's that's the baseline, and then you know, um, beyond that, for me, it's folks who understand the concept and the precepts of of community p- policing generally something that fred fletcher started here years ago uh and that we're on a really great path continuing like more visibility police in the neighborhoods we heard that a lot you know out of the out of the cars and into the neighborhoods and 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 meeting neighborhood residents and and uh, you know getting more involved with youth uh and then to the earlier conversation you know uh, you know again reaching down uh into youth and and thinking about working with other city departments to think about root causes of crime so those are kind of the big ones
2: couple of other offices where uh, I believe just last week the city council confirmed uh, heads of city planning, yep. of city parks. Now, these might be some offices that, you know, sometimes fly under the radar, but uh, responsible for a lot of things in the city.
1: Yeah, they're, they're, they're big, and I think as we get in gear and, and get started with some of these improvements, people are going to be really uh, – <laughs> they're, they're going to be super happy with some of the changes that we'll see. And they'll take some time to bear fruit, but these – these folks are, um, are rock stars in their own worlds. we were really lucky to attract them. Um, uh, planning guys coming from Atlanta, uh, Scott Martin, who will run Parks and Outdoors, coming from Louisville, and he's a nationally and internationally um, recognized guy. Um, we, we've got some really, really great directors coming up, so we're, we're excited.
2: You were in Washington, D.C. recently. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're heading back to Washington,
1: D.C. today
2: yep. for um, a, a few days of conferences.
1: U.S. Conference, of Mayor's Winter Conference, and... Uh, also going to meet Congressman Fleischman up there, who's been incredibly helpful on a lot, of, a lot of local issues. And we've got a lot of exciting stuff. I mean, Congressman Fleischman understands whatever your politics are. He understands uh, that he's from this area and that, you know, uh, local matters and, you know, Oak Ridge National Lab support for that, TVA, EPB. We've got a lot of exciting stuff we're working on. So going to be visiting with him and some other um, uh, Tennessee congressmen up there to uh to kind of support a lot of the local stuff we're working on, and then hopefully learn a few things about the mayoring business at the U.S. Conference of Mayors <laughs> seminar. Yep. It was, yep. I was joking with you to,
2: uh, during the break here, Jim. I said, what, "What do they teach you at the mayors' conference? Like how to use the phone system, and this, this is how you
0: put somebody <laughs> you know, on hold." To, to our
1: earlier conversation, I mean, there, a lot of it is best practices on homelessness, on public really? safety. There's on no
0: service. freshman hazing or anything like that. I guess not. And they, t- they, and just they just our, haven't told. Interesting is because i haven't
1: told. You. They haven't told me. Yeah, I don't. But ours are, our, you know, off. Month elections. So, uh, we ju- you know, when I went to D.C., it was with all the quote unquote new mayors. But me and one other fellow from Arlington, Texas, were the only ones that had actually been in six months. The others were just being inaugurated. Huh. They just inaugurated a bunch of mayors uh, earlier this month. So,
2: real fast, I, w- I want to get to this text. Now, we might run out of time, but at least uh, you can address some of it now. Sure. And then just, I think it's important to keep in mind, I think this is an interesting question. Uh, Mayor Kelly, the COVID pandemic has been hard for everybody, especially caused a mass exodus of women from the workforce. Yes, right. Specifically, minority women, as they've had to homeschool kids yep. or take care of loved ones. Are there ways the city can help encourage employers to meet women where they are? Mm-hmm. And is City Hall focusing on hiring more women? minorities specifically in your top administration.
1: Well, we definitely are. As we talked about earlier, we we have we have very um, explicit uh, you know, hiring goals as far as diversity, and we're meeting the goals, by the way, uh, up and down the line. And as far as you know, look, if you create an, uh, this is why early childhood is such a, a is such an important area for us. It's another one where we're putting a ton of focus. You create one one seat for early childhood education, you win three ways. You've got you've got better outcomes for that kid down the road. You've freed up a parent to rejoin the workforce uh and and you've got a you know a happier family generally right so uh we're we're um we're, we're really focused on looking at ways that we can expand uh, seats for early childhood
2: education for that reason all right so you're off to DC later today you'll be back in a couple of days anything else uh, we have about a minute left any any other major announcements or anything big on the immediate horizon? well
1: to your earlier point I mean we we have set forth which has been a long time since we had a mayor that did this um, a, a, a long extensive detailed strategic plan for the city that will cover the next four years or maybe more uh, called, not surprisingly, One Chattanooga, and I guess we're going to be announcing that next week. It is uh, I look forward to getting in the weeds uh, on that one with you next time. But it, it lays out um, both principles uh, and and goals, uh, seven big goals that we're, that we're trying to accomplish over the next few years. And the idea is to really kind of rally the entire community around that plan because we realize that, that we cannot just hand edicts down. Uh, from the third floor of city hall, and expect to get stuff done. We need the help of the private, you know, sector. We need the help of the philanthropic sector. We need the help of the faith community, and so that's that's the idea. But uh, you'll hear more about that next week.